Hey everyone, this is Brian, the host of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And since 2017, Inner Demons has been the best place on the web for news, reviews, and regular discussion with our listeners about Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance, Ghost Rider. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast catchers, as well as on Twitter, at InnerDemonsGR. Remember, listening to your Inner Demons is not always a bad thing. Right on. This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. In the shadows you can hear the sound The rumble of a hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the wind go You also can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature Welcome back to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host. And tonight we are talking about the Supernatural episode from Season 3, Long Distance Call. I've got the synopsis right here. Sam and Dean investigate some strange occurrences in Milan, Ohio, where residents have been called by dead loved ones who have been urging them to commit suicide. Dean then responds a call of his own. The original air date was May 1st, 2008. So the villain in this episode is a thing called a Crocoda, uh, which is a uh, mythical dog wolf of India or Ethiopia linked to a hyena and said to be deadly enemy of men and dogs. However, um, it's able to also m- mimic the voice of somebody. They really don't kind of focus on that in this episode as much as they do about it being like spirit phone calls. Yeah, um, I read up on when they were choosing the creature for this episode, it seems like they had chosen what they wanted the the, um, the episode to be about, about the long-distance phone calls, and then they sort of fit the crocata in there. Crocata, okay. Um, the first sighting one was in uh, 777, sorry, 77 AD, after death, uh, and the last sighting of one was supposedly in the year 2008, in the jungle or rainforest. So, so there, there are supposed actual sightings of this thing. Supposedly. Uh, sightings oh. in the United States are mentioned to be in the works of Strabo and other ancient scholars, where they are typically reported as originated from Ethiopia. The creature also appears in a number of medieval beasteries. Most Krakota sightings in the U.S. have been in the western states, especially Texas and Oklahoma. 
but there is no photographic evidence of these creatures ever existing. It's all artist renditions. And again, it does look like a hyena mixed with a... Um, uh, uh, what's the creature called? What's the animal called with the spots all over it? Uh, which one? A cheetah? Yeah, a cheetah. It's just I, I couldn't think of the name cheetah because a cheetah is a cat, right? Yeah. And this is like more of a dog. Like a hyena, maybe? Uh, yeah, it's a canine. It's a, a hyena is like a canine. Because a hyena has a laugh to it. I mean, if you saw that Harley Quinn movie, they have a hyena character, you know, pet in there because Harley Quinn's always had hyenas for pets. But that wasn't really a hyena uh, because hyenas you cannot train. Hyenas are vicious animals. They are not um, domesticated. Unlike a wolf, which you can raise from a cub to be somewhat domesticated, you cannot do that with a hyena. You know, it's interesting that we're actually doing this episode today because yesterday when we were at the safari park here in San Diego, um, me and my aunt were walking through the parking lot and we heard like this little girl, probably three-ish, saying, help, 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 help. And it turned out to be a crow. So I thought that was a little spooky, you know, sort of, you know, Reminiscent of a crocata. That's interesting. Very creepy. It was indeed. very. <laughs> yeah, very creepy indeed. I think the creepiest part of this episode is the um, the guy who's sitting there masturbating to porn at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, playing. I have Stewie. to imagine that happens. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't get yeah. that busty Asian booty beauties off of his computer. Uh, that actor has been in uh, several things like True Detective and Grey's Anatomy um, and Jewel Nigma. Nig, nig, nigam, nigam. Uh, but yeah, kind of creepy and disgusting that they caught him doing that. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that happens at work all the time. Um, but the uh, the voice that calls Dean on the phone is his father, and they had Jeffrey Dean Morgan do the voice uh, for that as well. So they had him back uh, to do that voiceover. And then we wouldn't see Jeffrey Dean Morgan in any kind of capacity on this show for a very long time after this until uh, last season's uh, 300th episode. Oh, wow. Which is yeah, funny yeah, that they had him. Uh, they, uh, I, I think they did their best to make him look very young, but he did not look incredibly young, like the way he was supposed to, because he's supposed to have been coming from the time period when Sam's at college and Dean and him are just by themselves. Yeah. So he's really young in the beginning of the show, but I, I do not think that he looks very young at all. No. Um, and of course, most people know him nowadays as playing Negan on The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's so funny. I see all these memes. Oh, I'm going to get so much hate for this. I see all these memes from friends of mine that are like, I'm at the age where I can date you or your daddy. And it's a picture of Dean next to um, John Winchester. And I'm like, more like great grandpa. Ah! (laughs) The title of this episode is also an episode of The Twilight Zone from season two starring Billy Mummy about a boy who gets a... a, uh, uh, a toy phone from his grandmother, and when she dies, he's able. She's able to continue talking to him because she's a little bit overly possessive. You know, actually, when um, this episode is, is Thomas Edison, right, and his inventions of the spirit phone, right? Because he was an and, occultist, which they talk about when they uh, Sam and Dean go to the museum, I guess, uh, to look up about spirit phones. You know, actually, when all of these things were being invented by Thomas Edison, uh, think about it, like the light bulb and. The telephone must have been invented around the same time, I'm guessing. I don't know my history, but if you really think about it, a spirit phone, a phone to talk to the dead, wouldn't have seemed 
so far out of the realm of possibility. You know, light bulbs were just invented. And thinking about this episode here in 2020, why is there no spirit phone yet? Like, sure, we've got, let me go through my list, seances, Ouija boards, EVP, which is electro, electronic voice phenomena, apparitions. We've got REM masters and all sorts of paranormal equipment. Like, why is there no spirit phone yet? Like, is it really, it, it seems out of the realm of possibility, but is it really? Uh, because ghosts don't really exist, and you would actually need to be able to prove that ghosts exist for this to become like a worldwide phenomenal thing. Well, I guess we do have spirit boxes. I actually have one packed away in one of my suitcases right now, and I've gotten some uncanny things on it, which I guess would be my idea of the closest thing to a spirit phone. And what's interesting is when when you use it, one of the first things that you ask aside from, is anybody here with us? You, you say, if somebody's here, can you cut? Because a spirit box uses um, the radio waves, and it's just flipping through stations, like, constantly. And you get pieces of words sometimes, which, you know, could be coincidence. But because of the, the symbol, the, not the symbol, but the acronym for the people who regulate radio stations, and you can't say cuss words on it, you ask for a curse word, and almost every time, not every time, but like probably around half the time that we think we're talking to something, you do hear things like bitch come across it. And sometimes uh, cell phone technology has uh, advanced so much, but this is still something that can happen. You can cross wires with someone else's cell phone and pick up someone else's conversation without ever um, dialing the number. Really? Yeah, that happened to my ex-wife and I. She, she, uh, when we were living in uh, Lemonster, the apartment building we were living in, we don't know if it was just because of the bad wiring, it was just because of, like this is 2008 technology of cell phones. I mean, this is before the smartphone, by the way. We're st- everyone's still using flip phones. Uh, I think we were still a year or so away from the smartphone uh, coming out. But uh, we could hear on the cell phone, or maybe it was the house phone, but we could hear another person's conversation happening in the building. And we know who it was, too, because the voice was very distinct. Um, it was one of our neighbors or whatever. And every once in a while, we try to make a call, and we could hear them. They could not hear us, but we could hear all their conversation. And we huh. weren't eavesdropping, but it was just like, good Lord, what we were hearing was violent and mean and rude and wow. pretty horrible sometimes. We had some really disturbing neighbors sometimes. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, so nothing we needed to report to the police, but even if we tried to, obviously we would sound kind of crazy. There's a thing called ghost calling, uh, which is basically someone picks up the phone and there's nobody there. You know what I mean? It, and the number doesn't make any sense. But uh, last year there was a horror movie in theaters, which I saw, called Countdown. Had you heard of this movie? I love that movie. Really? That about the app that tells you when you're going to die, I thought was really kind of dumb. <laughs> I, I thought the concept was dumb, but I thought it was very well executed. Um, it was just kind of a dump at the end of October release that nobody saw. A very PG-13 horror movie that just got horrible reviews. But I really know, love bad horror movies. Had, like, the movie had a... Uh, the movie had a uh, like a six million dollar budget and grossed like four times as much, so it was, it was a success. 
Yeah. Six million dollars. The movie grosses forty million dollars. That's a hit. Yeah. But it was funny is that they they filmed the movie in the same year that they released it. So again, very quick horror movie. Now, uh, going back to what Sam and Dean investigate, uh, Thomas Edison with all of his weird inventions. Uh, I mean, he could have been onto something, but uh, as I have stated before, I don't have a lot of belief in ghosts in the spirit world, which uh, does make me seem a little bit closed-minded, but uh, I want evidence that a ghost exists, and someone's like, well, you don't have evidence that uh, dinosaurs ever existed, and I'm like, really? We're going to go there with the, with, the, with the birds, what we know about birds, and what we know about the, the bones of the museum? I think one day you're going to encounter something that changes your mind on it, but until then... You are welcome to your um, your personal beliefs on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe when I go to Japan with you, I'll uh, I'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll walk through. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> okay, so the name of Tom- Thomas Edison's invention, the his least successful invention, it's called, was actually named Dial a Ghost, and building devices to talk with the dead was a very popular diversion for inventors in the 1920s. The, um, there's a book uh, that I loved as a kid when I grew when I was growing up, uh, which I found a copy of, but unfortunately it's not going to arrive here in time for this episode. It's called Phone Call from a Ghost, Strange Tales from Modern America. And the cover has like this old woman, you know, she's got like the shawl that, you know, old, you know, like, a, like the little blanket thing that, you know, you see elderly old women wearing photos. Um, yeah. And she's got a skeleton, but she's, it's a skeleton with a uh, white wig on, and she's dialing the phone. I thought uh, the cover you, was unique enough for me to buy it when I was a kid, and then I was able to find it again online uh, pretty cheap on Amazon. It's just got one of those covers where the cover is probably better than the stories inside. Yeah, that's that's quite the possibility, but you can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I opened up a discussion to our group, the uh, Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast group about if you were to want to speak with someone from beyond the grave, how would you go about it? Medium or seances, Ouija board, other paranormal investigation equipment, or EVP? It seems the most popular was medium or seances. Um, I actually, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I actually did contact a medium before after my mom had died I had some questions, and I was, I am extremely skeptical of mediums because, you know, the power of suggestion and people wanting to hear things, and, you know, you can generally tell just by looking at somebody and how anxious they are for, you know, question one way or the other. It, what was really strange is I met this woman, and she was completely one way when I met her and then she went into her mediumship and then her mannerisms changed entirely and they reminded me exactly of the way my mom would move her hands while she would talk and uh, the facial expressions my mom would make. So I, I found that to be extremely believable because there's no way this woman would have known these things, the way that the phrases she used. Everything. I, uh, I've never met a medium. I mean, I think I have, but again, I just my belief is just so speculative. I'm the scully in a lot of this. Um, yeah. So I, I got it, but I'm also the molder when it comes to aliens and government conspiracies. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm like their love child, um, if that you know would ever be a thing that's possible. 
But uh, mm-hmm. there's a website called Paranorms.com, and they have a whole article here on phone calls from the dead. In fact, their most recent article about it is from August 24th of 2019. Um, and it says, a phone call from the dead is what it sounds like. A dead person allegedly makes a phone call and scares the daylights out of a loved one. It is usually a family member or significant other on the receiving end of these calls. Some occur before it is known the person is deceased. These calls even happen years later, according to recipients. Uh, these phone calls from the dead tend to have similar descriptions. There are cases where the line offers only static. Other cases involve actual speech from someone that sounds like the deceased. The calls typically involve a single repeated line or calling and saying the same thing a few times before the line dies. It's horrifying. Sometimes the call is a bit more coherent, but they never last long. The line is almost always poor with crackling or the voice sounding very distant, which is understandable if the person is truly calling from the beyond. Wow. That's a little chilling. And then it goes on into like stuff about popular culture and how that's influenced it a lot. Um, there's also emails from the dead, which, come on, seriously, if you're getting emails from the dead, I can create anyone's uh, email account easily and email you and be like, I'm your dead wife. Give this thing money. Ooh, Have we heard much about social media from the dead? No, and I never want to look into it either because, again, it's so easy to hack someone's social media account once they've deceased and just pretend to be them. I see that, but um, there was a very – it was it went viral a few years ago where this guy, his girlfriend, died, and he was – you know, every now and then he'd write her, but then – and I might be mixing up two of these urban legends, but uh, she started writing him all the time about it being cold – and then, like, he was receiving pictures of himself from her account. And once an account is memorialized, you can no longer log into it. Right. Um, but have, did you ever see the movies Unfriended? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So in Unfriended, you have the um, uh, a girl who was a victim. Okay, so let's just go with the first movie, because the second movie is more of a black web dark web, uh, underground uh, human trafficking thing. The first movie had to do with, like, a a demon pretending to be a ghost or the vengeful spirit of a girl who was videotaped having sex and then exploited all over school, and then she kills herself. Um, That aside as being horrible, the context in which she decides to murder each and every one of these people is pretty gruesome, and that the spirit uh, Skype call, if you want to call it that, is something people swear up and down has happened. And again, I cannot possibly believe that whatsoever. It rates right up there with this um, this 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 uh, event in Rhode Island I went to way back in 2013. I call it a horror flea market. It was one day, it was at this uh, VFW um, museum, I think, and the, hall, the main hall had been rented out. My friend uh, Tony from the uh, uh, Rhode Island radio community um, invited me out to see it. And they had, like, all sorts of little vendors, which were really cool. But they had these people that Tony Jones, by the way, is his name. Tony Jones, who does a lot of Rhode Island radio. He's an on-air DJ at WBSR, if you want to check that out. Uh, and he actually run for uh, Senate, a, a, a seat in the uh, government over there. But uh, 
Yeah, 101, okay, I got it here. 101.1 FM WBUR in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, anyway, so he ran this little horror flea market, and they had these people there that had ghost sounds, and they kept playing them with like, okay, so this is like an investigation we did at the place that's supposedly haunted in the state, that's, you know, whatever the state is. Okay, so this is the sound of the ghost or whatever walking above us. <laughs> and I'm like, Something I'm like fake. running my hands over my eyes going, are you fucking kidding me with this? Okay, so you can clearly hear in the background here as we're like in the place that's haunted over in the state. I swear to God, I wanted to grab the mic guy's microphone and just be like, so the ghost sounded like this? Okay, so this is a call that we got from the spirit, and the spirit had this to say to us, but it was in Morse code. And oh I'm my just like, God. oh my God, where are you guys getting your funding from? And can't I have it? Because I can do a better job with some special effects people I know recording ghost sounds. Around Halloween time, uh, I worked at a Halloween store. And we had a spirit phone, which was kind of cool. You picked up the phone and somebody would, you know, the, the, the voice built into the plastic phone for the Halloween decoration would uh, say something to you. Yeah, I like those. Those are funny. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty cool that it was actually rigged up not just to be a phone that rings, but there was actually a receiver that has something playing through it when you, when you, when you picked it up because it, the button would be pressed when you pick up the handle and you'd hear the yeah. sound of the ghost through the other end. Isn't that kind of cool? It is. Yeah, so the phone rings, but when you pick up the receiver, there is a button you have to click on the receiver to trigger the sound recording. And it said, like, three oh. different phrases. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. A good way to scare the crap out of somebody who's, like, <laughs> unsure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But have you ever gotten, like, text from people that you didn't know where the hell they're coming from and you're actually terrified of them? Is that the well, next um, thing that you're getting? Let me beginning? tell you something. I get a million different phone calls. I probably get a dozen phone calls a month for, like, there was somebody that just a couple months ago that I was constantly getting phone calls around 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And up until recently, you know, I, I guess it was an old habit to leave my phone on at night in case somebody needed something, you know, emergency. I was getting somebody, like, you need to stop protecting Michael. I'm going to beat your ass. Like, What? Who's Michael? I don't even know Michael. And it, they were all different people. Like, I get some creepy phone calls. Um, creepy. The weirdest phone call I ever got was there was a girl I had been talking to um, on the Internet, and we never met up. You know, the conversations got very spicy. But later on the following week, I got, like, two phone calls from somebody that told me, that I better turn over the photos that I have taken of her because she's under 18 and this is illegal. And I'm like, what? what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> First of all, what photos? <laughs> um, oh yeah, I didn't. they called again two more times and then never called again. And, huh. and so that was a bunch of bullshit, but also kind of scary. They're like, you better turn over the photos or the money that you took of her, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. and then I got an email. I got another email from her asking, hey, what's up? How you doing? And I sent her like, who the fuck is this person? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, she was like, oh, no, that's, like, my friend. He's trying to protect me. I'm 22, I swear to God. And I'm like, uh-huh, <laughs> delete. <laughs> yeah, no just more conversations unless you send me photographic evidence of your driver's license. I don't even <laughs> want to know what this is all about. So, uh, But I've gotten, uh, every once in a while, what does scare me is like a random ghost message on a ghost request on Facebook for, to be a, fr- a friend with somebody, but no message attached to it. You know what I mean? And that yeah, I get that too. Out. But I've never gotten like ghost texts from places I can't identify. I can usually run the number through something to figure out where it's coming from or at least call the police. So, but I believe that the next step of technology, uh, sorry, the next wave of ghost communication is going to be through social media but good luck making it seem scary because anybody can create a fake account to be a ghost yeah i mean a 12 year old could do it watching this episode you know it's it's funny that um when they were pretending to be hr from hr or whatever and they asked about the phone number Uh being like a super old spooky one i used to get some really strange, staticky phone calls. These numbers were like 014, or they would have letters in them. Like, all kinds of stuff. And they they were almost always static, but you know, you never know if it's like a surge of electricity. I pretty much, I I don't believe somebody's trying to contact me for any reason unless uh, something weird happens. I don't know. There's always the classic story of, like, oh, I got a phone call from Grandma, and then, like, the next day, Mom tells me Grandma died before the phone call was made. That's a classic story I've always heard about, whatever, in a movie or something. I'm surprised that the Conjuring films haven't done the ghost phone calls, you know, yet. Um, The next Conjuring movie is coming out, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah. Um, My mom actually told me a story about a long time ago. I was just a a baby, probably two years old at most, where it had snowed really, really hard that night. And around four o'clock in the morning, somebody was pounding on the door. Like they needed to get, get inside quick, you know, pounding on the door, trying to get attention. My mom came up and opened the door. And, you know, this is the middle of the night. There's no footprints or anything. You know, and it was enough to get her out of bed to put a robe on. And she found out just a few hours later that her dad had passed away. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that that was a story my my mom had told me when, you know, when I was little. And, you know, do I have a grandpa or or ghost's real mom? So, and there's been a, a lot of funny instances like that surrounding my family, things that definitely cannot be explained. So uh, I can't help but have more than just an open mind on the subject. The biggest problem I have with this episode's villain is the same problem I have with werewolves. And they just did a werewolf episode with Garth once again, where the werewolf was just teeth and claws, and that's it. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is supposed to be this hyena creature that did not look like a hyena, did it? Do you? (laughs) No, and you know, that's that's been one of my biggest gripes about Supernatural is... uh, they're they're kind of lazy with some of their creatures, like especially the Leviathan. Like these these were, you know, they talked about you know these things for so long, and then 
here they are, and they just open their mouths really wide. And that's it. Yeah, very, very lame. Lame, 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 lame. Sorry, but it is. I don't like that so many look human. You know, I, I get that a lot of them would look human, but I, I don't feel like... A hyena does not look human. A hyena is a hyena. I mean, it looks like a dog. A werewolf is a werewolf. It's a, I mean, just, you know, just, oh, God. I understand the budget sometimes, but it's like, you know, maybe stop licensing so much music and have some money for the budget. I it just... You know what? The appeal of the show me. is about Sam and Dean. It's sometimes it's not about the monster. You know what I'm saying? And they do ghost okay once in a while, but, uh, but here, let me ask you this, um, and I'll just edit this out if you say no. Do you have anything related to the creature in question of ghost phone calls with a movie you did? Uh, no, I don't think so for this one. Okay, alright, so I'll edit this part out. So, uh, But uh, that's pretty much all I have here about spirit ghosts, spirit phone calls. Um, I recommend looking up, uh, when you type into Google to do your own research for anything we may have missed, type in ghost phone calls because if you type in spirit ghosts or spirit calls, you're going to get like spirit airlines or something. Sprint, you know. Don't ask Either me. that or contact the dead yourself and let us know what they say. And let us know if they like our podcast. Right. Use the Ouija board to do that. <laughs> Don't forget, you can check us out on Supernatural Creatures of Lore on Twitter. That is actually going to be starting up again. I haven't been on that Twitter for a little while, mainly because the password I had for that account um, is on a phone that's dead that I switched phones since then. I need to go back in that phone and get the text message from that. <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, you can find us on Twitter on our individual Twitter's account, Twitter accounts at ChrisDSAV. Or at Mel Heflin, M E L H E F L I N. And uh, be on the lookout on the Radio Horror YouTube channel for my our review commentary for the anime supernatural detective story, Wicked City. Heck yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for checking out Supernatural Creatures Lore. We'll be back next month with another exciting episode. In the shadows you can hear the sound The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind go You also can't see it